Hello and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah, Katie, Kevin, and Ryan sat down to talk about WandaVision. So today we're going to talk, we finally made it through WandaVision. Finally makes it sound like it was very long and drawn out, but it wasn't. We're going mean, to each... Disney made it long and drawn out. Oh yeah, instead of drop... Man, can you imagine what the show would have been like if they had dropped it all at once? Like, oh, uh, I don't think I, it would have been as enjoyable. No, it wouldn't have hit the same way, no. It would have hit different in a bad way. <laughs> Trying so to we're going to talk about... Lingo, y'all. <laughs> so we're going to talk about each episode. All of us have kind of created our own recap. And we'll just pass it off to the next person. Um, and at the end, we're going to do kind of like a full series recap and talk about anything we have going on that like stood out to us that we hadn't talked about. Um, so I'm kicking it off with episode one. So this episode opens with newlyweds Wanda and Vision. They drive into Westview after their wedding. The episode begins with Wanda and Vision noticing a date on their calendar with a heart on it. However, neither Wanda nor Vision remember the importance of this date. While at work, Vision discovers that they are entertaining his boss. When he calls to tell Wanda, she's insistent that she knows and doesn't really let Vision, like, share what he has in mind. Why are y'all making faces at me? Because there was a heart on the map that Vision wrote for Wanda in episode 8. And there was a heart on the calendar. And I just thought about it. Wow, spoilers. <laughs> we haven't even got to break it down yet, Katie. You can cut it out. I just watched episode 8, so it's real fresh. Okay, Um, she says she knows what's going on and doesn't really let Vision talk. Chaos ensues. Mr. and Mrs. Hart ask for their story as they sit down for dinner. And it's very apparent that neither Wanda nor Vision really know what their story is. Mr. Hart, upon insisting that they tell their story, begins choking. Vision saves him by, like, literally putting his hand through his esophagus i guess and pulls out whatever was blocking his windpipe they immediately act as though nothing has happened and they leave for the evening wanda and vision address that they don't really have an anniversary or a song and then the episode kind of closes with them kind of determining okay this is going to be our anniversary and this song is going to be our song and she creates rings for them to wear and as the episode ends it pans out on a TV screen where you see the sword logo and a notepad. But we really don't get a lot of information. Honestly, we know nothing at this point. This episode was based on the Dick Van Dyke show. Matt Shackman, who is uh, one of the directors, actually consulted with Dick Van Dyke at Club 33 in Disneyland, which at Disneyland Club 33 is above Pirates of the Caribbean, and it overlooks New Orleans Square. So it's like the most iconic place to meet one of the most iconic Disney actors of all time. And they said Dick Van Dyke didn't know really much about Marvel, but was very gracious. There was one article I read that said Dick Van Dyke was basically you showing your grandparents like a super rare Pokemon card and then being like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) Good for you. I don't know what that's like. Wow. (laughs) As we're watching this show, there are commercials, which is very interesting. And the commercial that's in this episode 
is for a Stark Industries toaster that has a very intense clicking sound, which will come back around to when we talk later. We haven't gotten to that point in the show yet. So I'm going to send it over to Katie. She's going to talk episode two. Episode two. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to start with which sitcom it mimics. Um, and episode two is Bewitched, which is mm, it's one of the good ones. Not that I don't like Dick Van Dyke. Okay, I love Dick Van Dyke. I should just throw that disclaimer out there. Okay, sorry. Uh, so this episode begins with Wanda and Vision in their bedroom being startled by a noise outside, which of course neither of them want to investigate. My favorite part about this is there's a separate bed, so you know you're still in a 60s sitcom. Um, eventually, the two become one. After uh, the absolute bewet, bewitched-esque intro, uh, we see Juan and Vision begin to practice their magic for the town's talent show. Um, I'm over here wondering what normal talent they could do when they're both superhuman, but I'm here for it. Uh, shortly after, when Vision heads off to work, Wanda hears a noise outside, and she walks out to find a small absolutely colored sword helicopter in the hedge the music gets intense Wanda starts to think about what this is and out of nowhere Agnes appears Uh, she begins to distract Wanda from her train of thought and sweeps her off to the country club for their meeting with Dottie at the meeting Wanda sits next to Geraldine as we hear Dottie go on and on about chairs and being for the children and table settings uh Geraldine and Wanda are talking and Geraldine said tells Wanda she's afraid to move and she doesn't really know what she's doing here. Um, So Wanda introduces herself to Geraldine who doesn't quite reply back until Wanda puts out her hand to shake it. And then the moment they touch, Geraldine seems to be like, oh yeah, I'm Geraldine. So this, in that moment, something changed. Don't know what yet. We then pop over to Vision who is at the neighborhood watch meeting where he's absolutely unwanted at first, but after some jokes and camaraderie and donuts, I believe, (laughs) he goes and gets gum stuck in his stomach, which if you didn't know, you know, for robots, that's not good. So it doesn't end well for Vision. Uh, So flashback (laughs) to the country club meeting where it's now just Dottie and Wanda. Everybody else is cleared out. Dottie is chatting Wanda up when things take a turn for the way weird. Uh, The radio begins to static. Uh, things are getting intense kind of out of nowhere and we can make out a voice on the radio saying Wanda Wanda who's doing this to you and Wanda just kind of looks like she's panicked Um, and Dottie is like in a trance like muttering off words and so we're trying to listen to Dottie and you're trying to figure out who's talking on the radio and then suddenly out of nowhere the radio sparks cuts off and the glass in Dottie's hand breaks so you're left wondering what just happened So flash forward to the talent show where Wanda and Vision, or should I say glamour and illusion, no foreshadowing, of course. Vision is acting out due to his gum malfunction, which I think is hilarious. So Wanda is stuck having to normalize all of his vision tricks. However, when Vision attempts his wardrobe trick, Geraldine appears inside the wardrobe, much to everyone's surprise because Geraldine was just backstage. Again, wondering how this happened. So after the talent show, Wanda and Vision return home where suddenly out of nowhere, Wanda acquires a baby bump and obviously she's pregnant. 
So Wanda and Vision are both overjoyed, and they go to share this cute little kiss, but right before they do, they're interrupted by a startling noise outside, which seems to be a theme of this episode. They both go out to investigate, and off into the distance, we see this pothole in the street begin to move, and out comes a man in a beekeeper's uniform. The man looks over directly at Wanda, who immediately just says no, um, and we see her begin to rewind time and go right to the moment before her and Vision shared the kiss. Um, so obviously this is not in Wanda's plan. Um, right before the end of the episode, we see their black and white world transition uh, to color and the episode ends. Uh, this The commercial in this episode is Strucker, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, it's a watch that has the Hydra logo or the Hydra symbol on the inside of it. Okay. So, Ryan, you have claimed episodes three and four, so you're just going to talk for a really long time. Sorry, guys. Y'all can go take a nap now. (laughs) We open episode three with the show taking on a 70s feel. You know, the Brady Bunch, Mary Tyler Moore show, and the courtship of Eddie really, really influence this intro theme. The episode opens on Wanda and Vision having a doctor perform a checkup on the pregnancy. Kind of states that she's about four months along. Vision says no. And Wanda corrects him and says yes. After walking doctor the doctor out, Vision notices some odd behavior from their neighbor, Herb, as he accidentally cuts into the concrete blocks forming their fence while trimming the hedges. Um, I'd like to point out here that this is supposed to be Agnes's house. So why is Herb cutting the trim or trimming the bushes over there? It's kind of interesting. Next, we see the the pregnancy accelerating, as we, we find in this episode, where Vision comes in a surprise to see that she's grown in size. And then a little bit later on, she kicks, which tells us that she's about six months along in the pregnancy versus the four months that she was just out a few minutes ago. We also start to see her kind of lose control of powers, where... The butterflies come alive, and then later on the stork comes alive. And so that's kind of also kind of an illusion, um, a, a foreshadowing of some other things that come to fruition in the series. Another editing of the footage appears where, where Vision begins to question the reality, and Wanda wants a second take at that line. This is where her um, contractions start, and we get the obligatory, the breathing exercises do more for the husband than the wife moment. Then her water breaks, signaled by the raining through their out their house. Vision races off to retrieve Dr. Nelson, and Wanda next Wanda's next contraction seems to bring the stork to life in the nursery. Um, she goes to investigate, but a jump scare doorbell ring prevents her from discovering this. She scrambles to find a coat to hide her stomach, which is the f- first in several standard methods used throughout sitcom history to attempt at hiding actresses' pregnancies from the audience. This is where we discover that the water issues weren't just at her house, but as Geraldine has come to borrow a bucket. While while she outstays her welcome, we see that Wanda cannot get rid of the stork. She's trying to hide from her guest. Geraldine helps deliver the first twin while Wanda's powers go crazy, and we get to see a very not-newborn child emerge. We then get a trivialization of women's role in medicine when Doctor says that Geraldine would make a great nurse. We get another moment where the townspeople start to show signs of being held against their will with his remarks about it's hard to escape small towns. Agnes and Herb are seen talking quietly in the background, but when greeted, they seem to act odd. 
She then innocently nudges Vision's doubts onto Geraldine and her intentions. Back inside, Wanda breaks character while discussing Pietro and singing a lullaby in her Sokovian accent. Next, Geraldine brings up his death by Ultron, which alerts Wanda to her being out of place. Wanda notices her sword pendant and realizes she needs to go. Next thing we know, Agnes must go. Herb will catch Vision on the flip side. And when Vonda, when Vision gets inside, Geraldine is nowhere to be found. And for a brief moment, we all thought the worst. We're quickly relieved of these uh, feelings when we see her being thrown through the air and being surrounded by sword agents outside of the field of the town. Um, in this show, um, in this episode, there was a commercial for Hydra Soak. When you want to get away, but you don't want to go anywhere, Hydra Soak. Find a goddess within. I'll take some Hydra Soak. <laughs> no mean. joke. <laughs> Find your inner goddess, Ryan. <laughs> it's like the pandemic soak. Because you can't go anywhere. The reason I wanted to do three and four is because the fourth episode gives us a look at what's happening outside of the field of energy that's surrounding this town. And it kind of overlaps the first three episodes. Um, we open with a fade from black with quiet voices slowly becoming clearer as dust and particles be begin to combine into a person, Monica Rambo. She awakens in a hospital as a visitor. We find out this is how most people return from the blip, so named in Spider-Man Far From Home. She discovers that her mother died three years ago. We get a hint that she is stronger than most as she runs into a man who is thrown to the ground a little too violently for the impact we see on screen. We meet acting director Tyler Hayward, and we see that Hayward has shifted Sword's focus from observation of sentient weapons to more creation, giving him a PTSD-riddled Tony Stark-esque character intro. We can't tell if he's being sincere or if he's just saying all the right things at this moment. We find that Monica wasn't prepared to be grounded by her own mother's post-snap directives, and Hayward uses her mother's memory to guilt trip her into cooperating. She's been assigned to chaperone a surveillance drone being loaned out to the FBI in a missing persons case in New Jersey. Enter James E. Wu, FBI, with the best character de development of the entire universe. Up close magic lessons, people. Agent Wu's missing person turns into a missing town case, and Monica sets up the drone and pilots it towards the town. But it soon vanishes. This prompts her to move in closer to the town down the road before she notices the energy field. She reaches out into it, and it seems to pull her through. And like that, she's gone, leaving Wu shocked. 24 hours later, we see an armored truck carrying Darcy Lewis and three other scientists from different fields and her snarky wit in full, leading her to believe S.W.O.R.D. doesn't know what they're dealing with. Darcy assesses her data, her instruments are reading, and decides to pull out a sweet vintage TV with built-in antennas. This is when she discovers the WandaVision broadcast. Hayward sends in an operative through the sewer tunnels in hopes to gain access under the field. Wu voices his concern, which leads to the this instant classic of a line, No sir, softball season's over, sir, when asked if he's missed in Quantico. We get a rundown of the data coming in, but nothing of significance except Darcy's sitcom signal. The closing of this scene is mid credit scene from the episode one, helping to sync the timeline for us viewers. Wu gathers a team and begins working the situation as a missing persons case, aiming to ID all of the characters slash town people, eventually posting pics and bios for several in a similar fashion to casting crews when TV when casting a TV show or movie. Darcy discovers Monica has been cast as Geraldine shortly before the events of episode two, leading to more questions than answers. 
This prompts Darcy and Wu to try and broadcast a radio signal into the town onto a radio Wanda near Wanda to attempt communications. This works briefly before the footage is edited and censored that we see in episode two, which is caught by Darcy. We also see that what has become of the drone Monica sent in. Remember the toy helicopter from episode two? We next see the sword operative emerging from the sewer, but now as the beekeeper we saw at the end of episode two. The time period hopping doesn't go unnoticed, and we are skipped up to the birthing scene before getting to see what happened to Monica as we cut back to the broadcast perspective. We are getting a behind-the-scenes look as Wanda uses her magic on, on full with red energy and everything display as she sends Monica flying through walls, fencing, and then the force field walls. She seems shocked by her own actions for a brief second before she repairs the damage before Vision enters the home. Side note, the direction Wanda throws Monica through the wall should have been in clear view from for Vision and not hidden by the fencing as suggested by the footage. Back in the Vision home, we get a brief glimpse of what Vision looked like just after Thanos pulled the Mind Stone from his head. She collects herself and the image is gone, but this, plus her comments and Monica's first words outside the town, leads us to believe Wanda is controlling the whole thing. We end the episode just as we ended the previous episode with Monica outside the field and Wanda envisioning Vision sitting down for their nightly TV viewing. There are no commercials in this episode. I just realized there Let's shoot it over to Kevin to recap episode five. All right. So we open up and the new babies are crying. Wanda is trying to get them to chill out like the very stereotypical like new mom thing. She tries some of her magic on them, but it doesn't work. Neither do pacifiers. Just as she's getting stressed, Agnes bursts in to help her in her jazzer-siziest ensemble. Uh, Vision expresses hesitancy in letting Agnes babysit. And there's like this weird gap in dialogue. And Agnes asks Wanda, completely out of character, if Wanda wants her to redo it again, like take it from the top, as if the scene had gotten messed up somehow. It's like really awkward and tense, and everyone just starts laughing, including the studio audience that's apparently there. Um, the babies just kind of stop crying, and then we cut to them, and now we see that they're five years old. They're no longer babies. And Agnes chimes in and says, can't control them no matter how much you try. And then we have our 80s sitcom open, like, full house, family ties-ish thing. Like, and then it ends with them in a painting, like, all together, like every 80s sitcom did. We back out to outside the hex, and Monica, who had just got yeeted through all of the fences and walls, um, says that whenever she's in, she was in there, she felt like something was weighing her down, like grief. Um, they mentioned that Monica's results came back abnormal and are, some of them are blank. And then that line of thought gets interrupted. Then Mr. Cartoon Villain Bad Guy, a.k.a. Hayward, comes in and starts explaining how they know Wanda is the person responsible and starts calling her a terrorist at one point. He then shows that Wanda broke into Sword HQ to steal Vision's corpse right after the events of Endgame. Apparently, he says Vision had a living will asked that he not be brought back as a weapon which Wanda has done, which, side note, I don't think they would care about what he said in his living will if they wanted to make him into a weapon, but whatever. Back in the Hex, the boys have apparently found a doggo, and they're trying to convince their mom to keep it, and Vision comes in and kind of feels like there's something like set upness going, like some weird set-upness about the entire situation, and he changes his vision from his robot face to his human face, and Agnes comes in with a dog cage, 
Wanda uses magic right in front of Agnes to create a collar for the dog. And so Vision is like freaking out because he's like, you can't just use your magic in front of people. What the heck? Um, eventually, like things settle down and he Wanda says the kids are not ready for a dog and that they need to be at least 10. The kids like look at each other all knowingly and then they transform into 10 year olds, which is super weird. Going back outside the hex, Monica suggests that there's a ship that they could do to try to get through the hex and knows of a aerospace engineer who might be willing to help out right um which is the cause of a lot of fan theories <laughs> or some no. of them no <laughs> it's that's just pointed, one of the causes <laughs> it's pointed out that this is the first time that anyone's ever been able to create something usually all the magic-y stuff has been illusions it hasn't been actually a creation of matter and so they're like that must require like a crazy amount of energy and then uh monica points out that she would that wanda could have totally killed thanos and was about to until thanos was like let her rip and just started shooting his own people um we cut to vision back at work except now his work looks all like 80s techie with the computer dos things and they start behaving weirdly and so vision snap zaps his friend's head and they start he starts panicking saying you have to stop her like very desperately trying to pre plead with him and vision zaps him back we go back to the house wanda's talking about the boys about how their dad's been weird when they notice that there's a drone outside apparently the drone is made of 80s tech and since it was 80s tech it didn't have to change to go through the hex because it was 80s now mr bad guy orders the drone to shoot mr cartoon villain bad guy orders the drone to shoot which then causes the transmission to cut out because wanda gets mad wanda emerges from the hex with the drone warns them to stop trying to mess with stuff they aim her guns at him she stops it which is very x-men magneto-esque basically but um so there's a lot of things at this point dog is missing when we cut from the commercial which we had gone to commercial, which I'll talk about here in a second. So the dog is missing when we cut back from the commercial. They find the dog had eaten poison and died. Agnes is holding the dog and is trying to get Wanda to bring the dog back from the dead. Like she's very leading, like, can't you bring him back? Wanda, can't you bring him back? She's like, what are you talking about? Vision comes back and they go home. At home, Vision starts confronting Wanda because he knows something is going up. So Wanda's like, I'm not having any of this and just starts rolling the credits. And um they just keep arguing while the credits are rolling and then vision points out that the only kids that are in town are their kids the doorbell rings and they open it and it's evan peters who plays quicksilver in the x-men universe and the trio of good guys who's watching outside of the hex ha goes she recast pietro because he's pietro in the x-men universe and that's kind of where it ends um the commercial for this one is a bounty commercial ripoff but instead of bounty it's uh lagos from when you make a mess you didn't mean to which in lagos that is where wanda kills that guy and makes him explode killing a bunch of people in the building okay i'm gonna talk about episode six in this malcolm in the middle style episode we are celebrating halloween because in every good sitcom, you've got to have a Halloween special. In this episode, we really meet 
Pietro for the first time. Like, yes, we saw him, but he didn't really talk. We don't know much about this guy other than he's been recast and Wanda isn't sure what to think of him. Wanda and Vision are dressed in their comic book costumes. Outside the hex, we are seeing conflict between Hayward and Captain Rambo. Hayward directs sword agents to remove Dr. Darcy Rambo and Wu from the operation. As they are escorted out, they overpower the sword agents. Cut back to the show. Trick-or-treating has begun and Wanda asks why Pietro looks different. She doesn't really get an answer. We watch Vision walking around town and he finds a woman stuck trying to to hang Halloween decorations repeatedly. And in the background you see what would be assuming her husband trying to place a jack-o'-lantern but is unsuccessful. He's just in this constant motion of trying to place this jack-o'-lantern. We see Wanda, brother, and twins in the town square. We discover the twins have powers. Wanda tells the twins, don't go past Ellis Avenue. We're outside the hex again. We see Darcy trying to hack into a secure network on the base to access the data on Hayward's devices. They find that Hayward is tracking the decay signature of vibranium to track vision. They can see that the farther away from the center of town, people begin to move less and less. Vision sees people almost frozen in their tracks trick-or-treating. He finds Agnes at Ellis Avenue. She's lost in her own hometown. She is in a witch's costume. Vision unearths her personality like she did with Norm earlier in the series. And Agnes recognizes him as Vision from the Avengers. He says, I am Vision and I am here to help. But what are the Avengers? She then asks if she is dead since he is dead. And she tells him that he is dead repeatedly. He promises to fix it. He then goes to the edge of town and attempts to leave the hex. Darcy discovers that Monica's in and out of the hex is causing her cells to change on a molecular level. Monica and Jimmy head to meet the engineer to get the vehicle that will allow her to enter the hex unharmed. Darcy stays behind to continue to break through Hayward's final firewall. Back inside the hex in Town Square, Wanda and Pietro talk about where all the kids were before tonight. He asks, how did you even do this? Wanda tells him she doesn't know how she did it. She only remembers feeling completely alone and empty and just endless nothingness. She then sees Pietro as her dead brother with bullet holes in his chest. Darcy, outside the hex again, <laughs> there was so much back and forth with this. Darcy discovers Project Cataract on Hayward's device and sends it to Jimmy Woo. Vision is rapidly approaching the hex boundary. As he attempts to leave the hex, he begins to disintegrate. Darcy comes out of where she's been working and asks why they aren't helping him, and she is handcuffed to a car. Billy hears the pain Vision is experiencing outside the hex and tells Wanda. Vision tells Sword that the people need help. Pietro makes the comment, it's not like your dead husband can die twice. Wanda sends Pietro into a hay bale using her magic crazy stuff. Billy focuses and tells Wanda exactly what he sees. Wanda expands the boundary of Westview. Both Vision and Darcy are included in the hex along with many sword agents that are attempting to escape. Hayward narrowly escapes but cannot pick up anyone else on the radio. We see Monica and Jimmy outrun the expansion as well. Um, the commercial that was in this episode was Yo Magic, which was 
a yogurt commercial that was very dark and, like, didn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, very dark, especially compared to the Gogurt commercials that, like, <laughs> mirrored. That's not the know. Gogurt commercials that you saw when you were... <laughs> not I saw. <laughs> well, you didn't see a decaying person on an island? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Kevin, you uh, want to take it with episode seven? Heck yeah. By the way, side note, coincidentally, I'm so glad you gave me this one because it's like my favorite episode. Yay! <laughs> so, you never um, called dibs. You called dibs on what you didn't want to do. And so I was just like, Yeah, I didn't want to do episode one and two because I didn't like them. Yeah. But I like episode seven, so this this worked. I thought I thought someone else was going to get this. Anyway, so um, episode seven, episode begins with Wanda talking directly to the camera, like in The Office and Modern Family, how the characters have like their little interview sessions. The kids are playing game, a game and they come in and they say something's wrong with it. You go, We go out there and the controllers are switching between like modern looking controllers and retro arcade sticks, Uno cards, back and forth, moving around, like changing states basically. Billy states that his head feels weird and Wanda gets them to leave and states that she is going to do a quarantine staycation for some alone time which is weird because they make a reference. Yeah, they make a reference to quarantine, which I feel like was intentional. She goes to make cereal to give herself the beginning of her staycation, and the type of cereal and milk keep changing. Like, at first it's, I think, oat milk, and then it becomes, like, normal milk, and then it becomes one, becomes one of those glass bottles of milk, like they got back in the 50s. And then she goes back to her interview, and she goes, it's probably just a case of the Mondays, ha, ha, ha. Uh, then the theme plays, and it's very, like, super-duper similar to what the Office theme song sounds like. Like, I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, my. They just, like, changed keys, I feel like, and changed the rhythm a little bit. <laughs> Vision wakes up, and he's now in a traveling circus that was part of the sword outpost that got encompassed into the hex whenever Wanda expanded it. Darcy is an escape artist who then escapes from her shackles. Pietro start, is talking to the kids. They're trying to figure out where Vision is. Wanda says that the kids can't trust their real un- their uncle because he's not even their real uncle. He's a different uncle or something. He's not really Pietro. Wanda states that she's starting to think that all this stuff is meaningless in one of her little interviews. They get back to the house. Agnes shows up saying that she'll watch the kids so that Wanda can have a mental health day. Various random objects around the room start glitching and go and kind of going to previous versions of what they would look like in different generations wanda's keep saying keep saying like i'm fine everything is fine but you can just tell she's a mess back at the sword outpost they hacked into hayward's files and found the project called cataract which they realize is where he intends to find vision's body and weaponize it they roll out that big vehicle they've been talking about and look at it basically and then it cuts away there's a lot of cuts back and forth in this episode in the circus vision had found darcy and so he does his little zap thing on her brain to get her to remember who she is she realizes who she is and someone who's telling her it's her trying to go on go on the strong man basically tries to get her to go and she knocks him out and then they steal a van wanda's glitches are getting more and more intense and she says i don't understand I can't fix it to which the cameraman who hasn't talked yet says do you think maybe this is what you deserve which wanda says 
like looks really confused and goes, you're not supposed to talk. And then you cut to the commercial. When we come from the commercial, Agnes is watching the boys and they're petting a rabbit. Billy says that he likes the rabbit because it's nice and quiet and then notices that Agnes is quiet on the inside, which Billy can like read people's minds, I guess. So Agnes doesn't have inner thoughts, I guess, is the implication there. Monica tries driving the giant truck through the hex, can't get it through. It like spits it back out. So she like just decides, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. She takes off her helmet and just starts running through the hex. Gets all trippy and weird. You see like multiple versions of her and trippy colors. When she gets out on the other side of the hex, she has bright blue eyes, which she does not have bright blue eyes. And they kind of return back to brown. Darcy kind of is explaining to Vision what happened during Infinity War, including the fact that he died twice. And as they're traveling back to try and get back outside the hex, there's just like a bunch of random roadblocks that keep happening. Like there's construction, stuff like that. Vision states that he's not amused at Wanda trying to stop them from leaving the hex. Monica, having gone back into the hex, busts into the house, which is a stupid and crazy thing to do because this girl literally just threw you out with maximum force and it's a miracle you're alive, but she just busts <laughs> in the house and gets all accusatory. Wanda gets her, like, pushes her out of the house and, like, picks her up in the air and is about, and, like, slams her into the ground and... Monica does the superhero landing where, you know, she just basically is like, I'm unfazed by this fall. And you can tell, like, oh, she's a superhero now. And so they're about to throw down. Monica tells Wanda that Haywood, Mr. Bad Guy, is going to destroy the town to get what he wants and then blame Wanda for it. Agnes comes up and, like, distracts them from the fight and leads Wanda away. And Vision... It cuts back to Vision, and he's doing an interview a la office style, and he's like, what am I doing here? And he takes off his mic, and he flies away. Um, Agnes escorts Wanda into the home, where there's like a weird vibe, and everything's kind of weird and creepy. The bunny's chilling in his cage, and you see like this huge fly, right? Just It really zooms in on this fly. And then Wanda decides, I'm going to go exploring, because that's a good idea. So she goes into the basement... And there, it turns out that it's some kind of magical sanctum. There's a glowing book on a pedestal in the middle of the room. And Agnes comes in and says, You don't think you're the only magical girl in town, do did you? Oh, sorry, let me start that one over. Mm. You didn't think you were the only magical girl in town, did you? The name's Agatha Harkness. Lovely to finally meet you, dear. And then we get like this freaking awesome scene where there's like an alternative credits... And it shows the show from the perspective of Agatha. Agatha has been the one messing up everything. Um, she's like, basically anything that goes wrong, she's been behind the scenes making it go wrong. Including killing Sparky and bringing back Pietro. This theme song that plays is an absolute banger. It's like, it's been Agatha. Oh, you know if you heard it. It's, it's a banger. <laughs> And then this is the first time there's a mid-credits scene, and we see Monica finding the entrance to the basement from the outside of the house, and then you see Pietro rush up, and he goes, Snooper's gonna snoop, and then it cuts away. So, crazy episode. The commercial for this one is an ad for an antidepressant called Nexus, 
and the tagline is because does the world doesn't revolve around you which in the marvel cinematic universe scarlet witch is a nexus being which basically means that she remains the same throughout all the multiverses which contributes to more multiverse theory things but anyway that was let me just say crazy. that i will not be surprised if agatha all along is not my number one uh song on spotify next year when they wrap it like <laughs> it, it i wouldn't was be a upset banger. Absolute yeah banger. okay katie you want to take episode eight yeah my favorite episode i would love to Okay, episode eight. So this is this is our last one before the finale. So I don't know if anybody else like me. I was anticipating this episode, like just as almost as much as the finale because you're like whatever they do here, like yeah. Anyway, so this episode begins with a major flashback uh, into our newest villain's past, Agatha Harkness. The year is 1693, and Agatha is being held held up by a coven of witches. Agatha has them all fooled. They think she's this weak witch, and they're accusing her of even being a witch. And, you know, Agatha plays coy and innocent. And then she's like, nah, nope, I'm not going to do that anymore. So when they try to destroy her, Agatha begins to drain, actually drain the life and the magic out of the people who are, like, shooting it into her so she's just like like soaking it all in immortality question mark don't know what this means so fast forward to present day and we pick up literally right where episode seven left off we're in this creepy inner sanctum of agatha's house which wanda of course conveniently has walked right into so we quickly learn that agatha is not to be played with agatha is powerful she's put these runes around this sanctum which render wanda's powers useless and there's one thing that Agatha wants to know more than anything. How did Wanda create this? Like, how did this come about? Like, how? And so Agatha knows the way to get the answer she wants. And so Agatha takes Wanda back through her life to force Wanda to face her grief and to face this trauma. Um, and she knows that through that, she's going to get the answer she wants. Obviously, she does not care anything about Wanda in this process. So, our scene one, Wanda's childhood in Sokovia. Disclaimer, I think all of these are really cool because Wanda didn't get a whole lot of introduction in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, for them to, like, pluck these moments out were really cool. So, the first one is we see Wanda and her family, brother Pietro, and the warmth that used to be her life. It's very welcoming, although they don't look like they have a lot of money. They're super close with one another. And, of course, they are watching sitcoms. So it looks like their dad sells American sitcoms. And uh, so that's that's our first introduction there. And so everything looks great. But then we see the life-altering event that we have all heard before, um, the death of her parents by a product of Stark Industries. Uh, so this comes through a different lens than anyone could have guessed, I think. How did Wanda and Pietro survive in the wreckage for two days? Um, how did they even survive at all when everything else in there was destroyed? How, like, has she had powers all along? So questions. And of course, no answers. Cue us memory number two. This is Hydra. Wanda, as we all know, has volunteered herself and her brother for an experiment involving, basically, she just does it because she wants to get back at Stark Industries. She doesn't know that the Mind Stone's involved, obviously, but 
Uh, we see Wanda walk into this room. We hear the researchers like nobody has survived yet. And they're like, shut up. Don't tell her that. Um, <laughs> so when she walks in, like you just see so much hurt and so much pain in her eyes from all like her life thus far. And just years of unresolved trauma that has pushed her to be willing to risk her life to get back at what she believed caused everything. And so the moment Wanda enters and she starts to get near the Mind Stone, we see it break out from the scepter and break out of like the blue shell that it's in. And like for a moment, she's just gazing into it. And then it kind of like breaks out and, you know, she like does this weird little like what's happening thing. And we see this image in the stone, like the shadowy image that's coming down. Um, and the only kind of the thing that we can make out, I feel like at least for me was um, the little, uh, the headgear that was similar to Scarlet Witch's what she wore for Halloween. So I was like, oh, cool. Like Scarlet Witch. Didn't think anything else of it. Um, so again, more questions. How and why was Wanda able to survive like that kind of interaction with the stone? Did it truly amplify what was already inside of her? More questions. QC number three. This is the Avengers compound. At this point in her life, Wanda is more alone and more in pain than ever. She has lost Pietro. Uh, she is all alone in a foreign country with people who are verbally and non-verbally afraid of her, afraid of her powers because she doesn't really know how to control them. Um, and so we see Wanda sitting alone on her bed watching sitcoms um, and soon enters Vision. Uh, Vision begins to ask Wanda about her feelings and he creates this space to allow her to talk about her heartache. Um, she's very resistant at first, but you know, Vision basically is like, I'm here to listen. I'm here for you. And I really think that this was probably the first time in her life that anybody had asked her that. Like, how are you feeling? Like, do you need to talk? And so she responds by saying to Vision that uh, she feels as if she were drowning. So it's almost like Vision was a breath of fresh air. He offers a new perspective as well by asking Wanda to consider if all of it has been pain and grief and sadness. Like, has there been any joy? Has there been any happiness? To focus on that. And so in this moment, we see Wanda and Vision like connect for the first time, which was so cool on the flip side of like knowing their story to see. And so while Vision offered himself as a refuge to Wanda, you kind of have to wonder if Wanda was in such a place where she began to latch onto Vision and to rely on him like in an unhealthy way to where she couldn't live without him. So scene four, which is very close to present day. Uh, Wanda enters the S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, which we got glimpses of with director eh, Hayward, whatever, uh, showed to us. But Wanda's perspective now. Um, and she just wants uh, Vision's body back to give him the funeral that he deserves. Uh, this is much different than the scene that was played out for us in previous episodes. Um, she goes in, she meets director Hayward who is in a sickening way. Like it's completely obvious that he's baiting Wanda. Um, he has her look down and see what they're doing to Vision's body. They're dismantling it piece by piece, wire by wire. Um, and knowing that this is what, like, what it will do to her, he just sits there and says nothing and lets her watch. Uh, so obviously she's flooded with this like raw emotion. Um, she's not expecting to see this. And so all Hayward sees is Vision as like a weapon that could be created. And Wanda just wants to say goodbye to the only thing that she had left in her life. And so she breaks through the glass. She goes down. 
you wonder what's going to happen. And all she does is she goes to Vision's side and she starts crying, you know, and she says, I can't feel you. And then everybody cried. All the viewers cried. Um, And so after that, she just quietly walks out and she drives to the real uh, Westview. She walks onto this slab on a lot and she gently unfolds this map that has a note from Vision that says to grow old in. And so at this point, like, if your heart has not broken for Wanda, like, you are heartless and you should just go join Team Thanos and get snapped permanently. So at this point, Wanda obviously begins to just break, like, this accumulation of all of this grief and trauma and just seeing Vision's body torn apart. Like, it's just so much for her to handle. And so every person she had loved was gone. And so from this pain, Wanda just kind of explodes like out of her powers and out of her body we see like the hex begin to be created and then from her own self comes vision like her memory and her feeling and just from the mind stone like out comes vision and so in an instant Wanda wasn't alone and she had vision back and she had this life that they had dreamed of having but with Wanda having that Agatha got exactly what she wanted through taking her back through all these memories. She found out that Wanda was indeed um, who she had been suspecting all along. And so every piece of Wanda's past had led to Agatha's realization. Agatha tells Wanda that what she's doing, everything that has happened is chaos magic, which makes her the Scarlet witch. And for me, I was like, we already knew that, but okay, Agatha, like now I guess I don't even know what that means because it's a big deal. It opens up with Agatha controlling or holding the kids on the leash, like, and that's, then they start fighting is basically what happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's like baiting Wanda and she wants Wanda to fight back because what we really don't know and what Wanda doesn't know is that she can absorb powers and so Agatha is just baiting her using the kids and she wants Wanda to fight and so yeah as soon as like the kids are out of the picture it's like yeah yeet let's go to the sky and fight you know um so also I love that Wanda just decides to fight her in her gym clothes so hashtag International Women's Day (laughs) Um, I also like that she threw a car at her like she did Stark earlier in the yeah well and like it it totally makes sense it's like oh she can absorb my powers well can you absorb my car (laughs) so um she realizes that she can absorb her powers because she notices that her hand is turning like black and Mm -hmm. like yeah and so she um and something that agatha mentions is that her like she takes powers from people who are unworthy so like at that moment wanda is being unworthy she's using her powers to basically set up this entire hex thing right Mm. so i mean i mean obviously she's going to say that she takes it from people who are unworthy of their powers but if you think about it she actually kind of is at that point using her powers for not good things right so white vision come in who has been re like created with one mission and that's to kill wanda so we have this vision vision face off um and then some analogy about a boat um, yeah, that shipment, that ship analogy where it's like if you replace the pieces slowly, when does it stop being the boat? Or like the I ship get it, but like, yeah. why? Their fight, their fight was freaking well, awesome though. Like, I love the phasing oh, out. 
their their actual fight. Well, also like their intellectual <laughs> thing, because it totally makes sense that you're gonna like stop a robot with like a logic thing, right? Which is kind of a trope, almost like it's in like Futurama. That's how they defeat almost every robot. <laughs> and it happens in a library. Can we also point that out? This this, this oh, ending I didn't realize in a library. <laughs> that, that's even better. He, I yes. like I like how they're talking and uh, White Vision says, "I demand." Oh, what do you say? Or I, I require elaboration. Elaboration, yes. I I, I require elaboration because he wants him to explain what he's talking about. Oh, it's so good. Mm. And they're just like, "Okay, let's have this combo, dude." Yeah, and then you also see Wanda like facing the people of Westview in the town square. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which I'm just like, yeah, was yeah. not ready for. Oh, dude, like they're like, you did this. You're the worst person ever because basically she's kept them in like this weird comatose suffering stage where they have no control over their body. So the opposite of comatose almost. But anyway, like it's wild. <laughs> they just are they're just like you're the worst person ever so like everyone in that town is probably rooting against her everyone and so she starts getting rid of the hex and not before she almost strangles them oh yeah yeah yeah. she puts like yeah 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 yeah. and then realizes what she's doing and then realizes that she's the one in control and then starts Mm. getting rid of the hex and then she sees her hubs start to like disintegrate and her kids start to like disintegrate and it allows uh, it allows uh, mr director hayward allows him <laughs> into the hex and his little mighty yeah. crew yeah so they they roll and in. what we kind of we kind of glossed over the fact that jimmy Wu at one point was taken into custody oh yeah and he used the magic skills that he learned from ant oh yes oh yes yeah. To get out of the ha- uh, handcuffs, at which time he says, flourish. <laughs> and he, uh, which is a callback to the episode when they're doing their um, magic show. That's what Vision says. He says, flourish. Oh, um, that's a very funny. drunken tone. And <laughs> at one point, uh, Jimmy Woo also tells Hayward, hey, I'm going to have, uh, like, the FBI is going to be here within the hour. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you're just bluffing. (laughs) And so once he breaks out of his handcuffs, he calls and he's like, hey, can can you get here within Within the hour? hour. (laughs) Please. Yeah. And so not only do we have Sword, but right behind them, we have the FBI coming in. Hayward is driving into town. He sees the twins and like there's just complete chaos happening and everyone's kind of like fending for themselves and Wanda goes off to fight Agatha and Vision goes off to fight Vision and the twins what are there. Wanda say? It's like this totally like cliche. She's like, boy, she's like, take care of the army or whatever. I didn't, I didn't train you for this, but you were born for it yeah. or something like, like that. Mommy's got it. Blah, blah, blah. You take care of the military. <laughs> and like, honestly, she doesn't really know her kids powers. No. They could be completely inept at using them. She's just like, fight these dudes with guns. Yep. But yeah. we find and, out. And so the twins go and they disarm all of the military. And that's all they do. Yeah, yeah. And they do it in the most benign way possible. Like, they freeze them. And then he takes all the weapons, including a hat and pair of sunglasses, which is very Quicksilver-esque. And that's it. And then 
in the worst handling of it, like up to now, Hayward is very like you can tell he's very villainy, but he's not like sickening and he's not. He's always awful... been very passive. Yeah, it's always been very passive, and you can, and you think like maybe they're gonna set him up to have like a backstory that will kind of relate to him, and he'll be a good villain. No, he just whips out a gun and tries to shoot him out of what? Yeah, he what? Shoot, he tries to shoot a bunch of kids or two kids, and right. then uh, Monica shows up and stops like all the bullets because I guess her power is that she can become energy, and yeah. so it slows down the bullets, which I don't know how that works, but she slows down the bullets, and then turns out she didn't need to do that because I don't remember which one it is, Billy. I think it's Billy. I think it's Billy, right? You got yeah. a fifty-fifty shot. Bullet. Yeah, he he just stops the bullet and he's just like, hmm, whatever. I matrix this. I'm Neo. So it's like, we get it. <laughs> okay. yeah. but so, then um, as Hayward goes away, guess who saves the day? Darcy. Darcy. Oh yeah, she slams. Oh, sorry, him. She's sorry, like, Doctor Darcy Lewis. She's like half foot in jail or whatever. <laughs> um, so side note: when Vision and Vision fight. Um, and he drops the logic bomb on him. Did you guys... It didn't actually show what happened. Like, White Vision just bounces, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he he's, 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 he's MIA. Yeah, he just leaves. But so, I don't think we're done with him. No, 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 definitely not. But because we can talk what about does Vision that. do? Doesn't he, like, restore his memories, right? Because they're yeah, he, kind like, of in the web or whatever? Like, yeah, he, like, restores all his memories, and he has, like, all the flashback, and he's like, I am He does a hard reset on the, on the iPhone. He, basically yeah he restores his cloud storage mm, <laughs> restores him from cloud storage mm. and then uh so they they fight they resolve it um oh i guess we didn't get to how wanda defeats agatha huh that's kind so, of important not yet yeah, yeah. so no, they're they're fighting agatha keeps absorbing her powers and so uh now we know she is the scarlet witch is like just yeeting blast and blast and blast and having a blasty blast up there. Like, and you think and, she's like dying, like because you yeah, see, yeah, like you she's, she's continuing to turn black, and you're like, yeah. "Wonder, are you giving up?" And they just look completely random throws and yeah. missing here and there, and you're like, "What is going on?" You're like a stormtrooper. So, so I thought they were going to do this setup <laughs> trope where they basically uh, this happens in a lot of like shows, especially like animes, but like. When someone has a lot of power and someone tries to steal that power, they're like, oh, yeah, you want my power? You can have it. And they give them all their power and they can't handle, like, their body can't handle it, so they die. Which yeah. I thought was where they were going to go. That's actually mm -hmm. how uh, Goku and Vegeta kill um, Cooler, in case you guys were wondering. But, <laughs> so, I thought that's what they were going to have happen, but that wasn't it. She All those missed throws were actually her setting up the hexes that she saw in the sanctum with Agnes that Agnes had put up to stop Wanda from being able to do her powers. And so I'm not going to lie. Those... I didn't see that coming. No, I, I didn't either. I was like, oh, let's... And that was like a smart way to do it. So it sets up that she's a really fast study of magic stuff because she has all this power, but what's a lot of power if you don't know how to use it? She figured it out. Literally saw those runes for like, what, five minutes and memorized them and then puts them up in the sky. Agatha can't use her powers. So, Wanda, what, like, it makes not her... Just... Go ahead. Not just, like, saw them and, like, remember what they look like. She knew how to create them mm -hmm. magically. Yeah. yeah. Like, without I ever, she... like, any instruction or anything. She just, she figured it out. 
I think they were in, like, the hex. I think she, like, did it in the barriers of the hex. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's what yeah. And, and then, but yeah, and she, then like, the tables get turned, and you see her take everything from Agatha. You know, oh how the turns have tabled, and oh she, how like, this, this her uniform, like she just starts to literally become the Scarlet Witch, and you're like, yas queen, this girl note. could have defeated Thanos. Like, yeah. Man, can you imagine if she would have had, like, this revelation before the fight with Thanos? He would have been toast. Yep. Oh, man. (laughs) So, Scarlet Witch is now probably the most powerful MCU character, maybe other than uh, Captain Marvel. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Which Katie has opinions about. You can cut those out if you want. So, what happens after the fights? She dismantles the hex, and yeah, she makes Agatha like a mortal human, and she says, I'm going to return you to the role you chose for yourself, the nosy neighbor. And as the hex is slowly moving inward and shrinking in size, you kind of see the panic set in. Panic may not be the right word. Sadness. Grief. Acceptance. They all realize kind of what's going to happen. And you see the hex closing in as they put the kids to to bed. To put um, them to sleep. Forever. <laughs> she, she, kill, she basically just lets her kids die. It's like the scene in the Titanic Sleeping. where the family goes to sleep with their bed and you're like, oh, I'm in a drown. <laughs> like, you're not even going to try. Okay. And we get a really meaningful, like, this isn't goodbye. This will say hello again. And it's, like, so sad. We see... A really meaningful goodbye between Wanda and Vision and the house and the lot that Vision had purchased for them to live on together is once again a lot and is not their home that she had built. Um, and we see her walk through town and everyone goes, hates her. Everyone is mean mugging her. Yes. And she and does she the classic Avenger move, put the hood on. <laughs> Nobody Everyone can see does it. She, ta- <laughs> she talks to Monica, and then we kind of cut to. Uh, I thought we were gonna see Thor, like they were. She's off in the woods somewhere, really, in a huh? cabin that has runes. Yeah, she was. She said Thor. <laughs> I'm like Thor's off world. <laughs> well, I meant more like the new Thor. <laughs> Whatever her yeah, name it is. could be uh, Natalie Portman, which is not her character's name. I forget what it is. Are you sure it's not Natalie Portman? Well, I don't think that's her anyway. in-universe name. <laughs> <laughs> it we is Natalie runes. Portman, though, I think. Yes. <laughs> we see runes on the outside of the cabin. We see Wanda have a cup of tea as she walks Chill. inside. Pulls a Thanos. And then it cuts to another room. Where Wanda is doing her Doctor Strange magic, basically, reading um, while she's doing her out-of-body experience situation. And she's in her new Scarlet Witch costume. And she is astral projecting while she's just doing her random stuff, which Doctor Strange couldn't do. He, like, whenever he astral projected, he just, like, passed, like, his body is just worthless at that point. Exactly. But she is powerful enough to where she can just do both at the same time. It's And whatever. that she knows how to do it. 
Yeah. Like she just became she just became aware of the existence of actual magic and she's already pulling it off like a freaking boss. Right. And I love like I Dr. love how Strange she's like sitting there. Yeah, it's it's tight. And so that's leading probably into the new Doctor Strange movie because she's very, very like Doctor Stranging it up. And then you hear okay. a little you hear a um little like call and it sounds like one of her kids so there's yep. a theory out there that she's going to try to bring her kids back which i think actually does happen in the comics i think her kids get yeah something yeah. and she brings them back i don't know too much about the comics though honestly i should know so a big part of this show has been fan theories and a, a contributing factor to that is how it was released we got the first two episodes on the first Friday and then subsequent weeks they were released one at a time and so we had a lot of time to create our own theories and go on wild goose chases and so there were a lot of theories and we want to talk a little bit about a few of those the a very select few <laughs> the very yes, because I mean like you could basically type There's... in WandaVision and and put in any number Thousands. of words yeah. And you would you would have a fan theory. Um, the first one that I felt the most strongly about, mostly because I love this actor, is uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards, <laughs> being the space engineer that uh, Monica keeps referencing. And what made me so angry about this is that in the Office style episode. They led us to this Captain Morgan or whatever who gave her the thing. But. Uh, and I'm not saying that she was the one who created no. it, but we don't get John Krasinski in an office themed episode. And if you say Jimmy Woo. He's, he's, oh, yeah. He's, he's, John, John Krasinski is in it. In the, yeah. What yeah he's already about? in it. He's in there. He's God the FBI God. agent. His name's Jim Woo. <laughs> yeah. James E. Woo. I mean, come on, Hannah. He can't, be Captain, can't. he can't be Captain. He can't be. You knew, you knew with one hundred percent of your heart. On another episode. No, uh, I don't know, but you knew with one hundred percent of your heart that that. Because you don't listen to my podcast, Kevin. I listen to it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> what episode did I think we talked about this at one point? We talked about it on the Disney Plus the, episode last month. Okay, we we didn't talk about one of the after credit scene where no, uh, we didn't. Monica is like they're like going the theater and Monica goes in there and oh yeah yeah and uh the agent who tells her to, tells her to go in there transforms into Cree right that's what they are Cree scroll um scroll okay yeah Cree is the bad ones scroll yeah. so it transforms and in, transforms into a scroll and then um he's like I've heard you got grounded but I don't think you should be someone wants to meet with you and he she's like who and he just goes which i think is talking about nick fury because he's in this yeah <laughs> yeah it's jesus um so he points up into the sky and um that's where nick fury is is in the spaceship just chilling on vacation do we think it's nick fury or captain marvel i it could be either because she has a history with oh i guess we didn't talk about that lady is the daughter of um, the daughter who's in the movie Maria. with Captain Marvel. I don't remember. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Rambo. That's her daughter. Yeah, that's her daughter. So yeah. I guess that was something we probably should have mentioned. But yeah, she. That's why she has all this like flight stuff is because she literally her mom was super involved in the forming of Sword. We're also not going to talk about the fact that they kind of alluded to I think Jim James E Wu becoming the next director of Sword. I just I just throwing oh, that out there that odd. she was like like authority looks good on you and he's like you think and that's all they said about it but I think I think it's alluding to something big for him. Yeah, it's plausible. I think I think he's like a fan favorite that actor yeah. is so I think they're going to try to keep him around. Cuz I I really like him. He's just like I don't know, he's he's kind of cute, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Because he, he just, like, loves everyone he interacts with. He, like, loves Ant-Man, even though he's supposed to be, like, his bot. Like, making sure he doesn't mess right. up. And he's just like, can you teach me that trick? <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He did. Yeah. He just got, like, this childlike, I guess, innocence to him about everything. There was a big thing. Everyone thought Ralph was going to be Mephisto. Like, the Ralph guy that everybody she kept, thought everybody was going to be Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, the well, fly. They, they zoomed in. Yeah, they zoomed in on that fly, and so it was like, oh, <laughs> 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 nothing. I think whenever they were creating the show, they were like, how do we throw these guys off all the time? Just every episode, oh, yeah. we should put something in there to mess with them. And the thing about the internet now is you have like millions of nerds who have read all the comics coming up with all these theories about how they tie in together and there's so many different comic storylines and universes that you can basically do whatever you want and it'll fit somewhere you know yeah so i thought i actually did think that that was going to happen because they zoomed in on that fly nope nothing it just zoomed in on the fly <laughs> to be, be i started hearing in like the the last few weeks before the last couple episodes they were talking about no, I don't think it's Mephisto. I think it's Nightmare. I think it's Nightmare because Mephisto, Marvel doesn't want to mess with the Chinese yeah. and Mephisto has some kind of Chinese thing. And so it's going to be Nightmare. That's who it is. It's not my Mephisto, it's Nightmare. I think that to get it through the censors, they can't show like a, a devil. I think that it's oh, like yeah, illegal yeah. to like put that into media in, in China. I think... You know, other than everyone being Mephisto, another big theory was that Agnes was Agatha Harkness, which was pretty like solid. That was the nose. It, yeah. it was yeah. It was yeah. Agatha all along. Let's be real. And, I've heard that before somewhere. <laughs> okay. What a bop! What a bop! It, it, it's a bop, though. Yep. It's only like a minute and 30 seconds, which is the most- I know! I'm like, I want this to be longer. I want, I want them to release a full version. I need a Mason yeah. Ramsey remix, honestly. Like, get this kid on there. It'll be better than Old Town Road. So I got on WandaVision TikTok Some, I guess the algorithm figured out I like the show. And I've just been I'm seeing I'm on WandaVision TikTok too. Yeah, I've just been seeing remixes of it. I'm like, oh my god, how do you improve on this original? But they do. Yeah, but you do. <laughs> Who is the witness protection? Oh yeah, who who is in witness protection that has disappeared? Okay, so so Ralph turns out that her reference to Ralph was Ralph Boner, and so that entire thing was just like a throwaway to make a boner joke, I guess. I don't know, but it was <laughs> that guy the entire time, and so there, you know, it was they intentionally chose an actor who is from the Fox X Men universe yeah and so everyone thought that was going to be a multiverse thing and they were like no it's just this random guy 
But whenever Detective Wu is talking about his lost person in witness protection, it would totally make sense for that to be Pietro if somehow he came over in some kind of multiverse thing. So it's not dead, okay? The multiverse theory is still alive. <laughs> That's fair, fair <laughs> enough. Because I want the X-Men to come in, man. I want Wolverine to just show up one day and just call someone. God, get him. And I want it to be Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it has to be Hugh Jackman. Yep. Dude, they're going to have to What fix. are they going to do with that? There's no way they can bring in a Wolverine. You can't do the X-Men top Hugh until Jackman. Hugh Jackman's dead, which will be never. So sorry, Kevin. Well, Fine. so... So they're, they're, I don't know, man, they could, I have faith in Marvel at this point. I'm just like, whatever you guys want, just give it to me, whatever. I don't even care. <laughs> I, love I love it all. In Marvel, we trust. But, yeah, like everything they do, I'm like, they shouldn't do that. And then I'm like, they pulled it off. <laughs> Except Captain Marvel. <laughs> I didn't have any opinions before about Captain Marvel. So I didn't have any You're welcome. expectations. I got them now. <laughs> okay overall thoughts on the show i mean we see so many things happening the toaster in episode one that noise that we hear is the same noise that we hear when we see the scene with the with it in the um apartment um agatha's brooch that she rips off of her mother is seen throughout the series. Yep. Anything else? Um, where do you guys uh, think Vision is? When do you think he's coming back? White Vision or real Vision? Or... Well, at this uh, point, White Vision know. is Vision. He is the yeah, Vision like, now. I think he's going to Wakanda to like get his whatever part that they were able to save restored. Mm. I that was I was like oh I bet I like literally I was like I bet that's where he is because I don't know it just makes a lot of sense because she was able to save a whole bunch of stuff she was like yeah. swiped away right before she got attacked in Infinity War and so I think that's where I think he's going and it would make sense because he just peaced out he was by the way it was a total jerk move that other Vision didn't tell her like hey by the way that other Vision that was here um the white guy yeah. White guy is now me too, by the way. He could have like dropped that on her and been like, yeah, I'm actually still alive, basically. I reactivated myself. <laughs> the body that you love, that that got reconstructed and is now a functional human, basic or functional vision again. But no, he's just like, let me fade away. <laughs> Break your heart. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Deuces. So he can die a third time then, right? Dude. That's gonna he's gonna die like six times throughout the Marvel series. It's insane. No one else has died as much as Vision. <laughs> I also Three times. I don't know how you Loki. I don't know how you top this. Like I uh, I don't know. That's it's you set the bar I mean, pretty high for Marvel TV shows. Katie, this is why you don't work for Marvel because you have no idea how to top this. But they are going to figure it out. I don't. <laughs> Every I mean, time I'm I not see gonna lie. Movie, I'm it was not gonna lie. Bar. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't think they're going to top this with with that. I think it's going to be great. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I don't think it's going to set the like re, like mm. move the bar. I think Loki is the next big thing. Mm. Uh, I think Loki is going to be an awesome show. 
if they can set up their like spy story that they're doing with Falcon and Winter Soldier, like the Captain America Winter Soldier, I'm I'm on board because that was a yeah. freaking good movie. That was amazing. So if they if they kind of switch gears and make that that kind of show, I would love it. And and that's the great thing is like they have so many genres within this universe that they can use. Oh yeah, to make all of these great in their own way. And so I like you said in Marvel we trust. Rip Sparky. Oh yeah, Rip Sparky. And Agatha at the end of her bop is just like, and I killed Sparky. Yeah, you little nasty. <laughs> I know. I it's tough. <laughs> it is. Alright, so how many, um, like a week and a half until our next series? Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. And on Friday, there will obviously be a Making of WandaVision release. Are they, are they doing like a Marvel Legends about Winter Soldier? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That will be out on Friday as well. It's Falcon, Winter Soldier, Sharon Carter, mm-hmm. and oh. Zemo in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Oh, gonna. So I'm assuming Marvel's like team. taking care of us for this year. I think they're oh yeah, they're... Hard to make up for the fact the majority of people have not stepped foot in a theater in a long time, and I think Marvel's yeah. taking care of us in that. Dude, yeah. it's literally like every week for the entire year. There's something. I'm so excited. The Doctor Strange is not supposed to release until next year, which is yeah. depressing on so many levels. That's a, I mean, we have what what's coming out next? Is it Black Widow? Black Widow. Black Widow's coming out. And then Shang Chi. Black, Black Widow's the, the next movie. The next. Video. I don't know anything about that, so I'm gonna have to learn some stuff. Shang Chi and the Seven Rings, or whatever. The Ten Rings, right? I don't know how many rings. Twenty one. I, th- I thought they were exploring. They were actually going to dive into the real ten rings that the what's this? What's this? Is this a Tom Brady situation or? <laughs> Fair enough. Six rings are. Oh, uh, what was the <laughs> the terrorist in in um, Iron Man two? Oh, Mandarin. 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 Yeah, yeah. The real Mandarin is supposed to be kind of a part of Shang Chi's story. Yeah, I don't know anything be, about that. They kind of burnt that bridge with the other fake Mandarin thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, thank you to everyone for being on and recapping this fantastic television show. I I'm not gonna lie. I'm really sad it's over. Like, me too. I just need more Wanda. Hannah's about to go into her own her own grief. Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna create gotta... a house. In your house. <laughs> She's gonna like dress you up in like a weird like top hat and fifty style thing. <laughs> Just like, hey, Ryan, blink twice if you need help, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll let you know. But you're lagging, <laughs> I gotta so that I won't said... be able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shirt that says, uh, what is grief if not love persevering? And like, You have so many Marvel shirts. I love that you just, like, you went into this Marvel thing. Like, it was like, oh, yeah. didn't watch you Marvel. Went from, you went and from, then... I'm falling asleep in Avengers to, I love it. Wait, she's like, she's like, now I buy t-shirts based on every Marvel thing that comes Did you know out. that uh, you Captain now America might be her favorite now? Oh, yeah. She has switched. Well, because of, well, duh, because of what Star-Lord did in Infinity War. You, you can't, he can't be your favorite anymore. He wasn't ever my favorite. Chris Pratt was your favorite. No. Chris Pratt was your favorite. Maybe not Star-Lord, but Chris Pratt was your no, favorite. No, Iron Man was my favorite Avenger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're gonna leave oh, him after so he dies? I know you don't care about him. That's what I'm hearing. No, I'm just saying, like, I love them both. He died for you. He did. So that you didn't get snapped away. Yeah, Hannah. He loves me 3,000. 
I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter at Princess in the Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after.